Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, y'all. It's good to be back. It's good to be here. It's been a while since I've been on this podcast. It's been a while since I've released an episode, and I have a reason why that is the way it is, um, but it's so good to be back. Uh, it's been probably about three, maybe f- almost four weeks since we've released an episode on here. I apologize for the unannounced delay on a lot of these episodes. It's been since the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open was so good and so thrilling, but if you follow me on social media or you know anything about my life, you know that I recently just started a new job. I am the new sports you know, reporter, anchor, uh, multimedia journalist at KMOV, which is Channel 4, the CBS affiliate in St. Louis. Now, I was in Springfield. Now I'm in St. Louis. I took a couple weeks off. We had to, you know, I went home and enjoyed some family and friends time and some time in between my two gigs. And now I'm fully in St. Louis. I've started last week and uh, I'm a little bit more comfortable in the city, you know, moved in, got kind of my bearings here and I'm ready to get going here. So, I've been following tennis while I've been on this little hiatus, so it's not like I haven't been paying attention. I just haven't really had the time or the resources um, to really get on this mic and podcast, right? It's just been such a busy three, four weeks, you know, when you leave a job and then you start a new one, and the time in between, I did, you know, a running challenge in there somewhere. If you follow me on social media, you know I did that, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a crazy, you know, month or so. And I couldn't be more happy to be here in St. Louis. If you're in the St. Louis area and you listen to this, it's good to be in your hometown. It's good to be here. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to follow the tennis scene here. I don't know much about it, um, but I don't play that much anymore. But I'd like to get back out and play here, you know, in the St. Louis area and continue to follow professional tennis worldwide, which I've done over the last, you know, decade or so. But really, the last five years been following it pretty religiously. So it's good to be back on the pod. It's good to get back to these weekly episodes. And I'm looking forward to it because there is a ton to talk about in this episode. Uh, Shanghai is going on right now, which is a Masters 1000 tournament, uh, a big one that a lot of people play in. That's happening right now. And there's just a lot that's happened since the last time we've talked. Djokovic got number 24. Coco Goff got number one. And the tennis world hasn't stopped since then. There's a little drama. There's, you know, a little fun. And uh, let's get right into it. We're going to start following the U.S. Open, and we're going to work our way pretty much to where we are present day. There's the Shanghai uh, Rolex Masters that's going on right now. We're not really going to cover that this week. I'm going to talk more about that next week, just so I don't have to literally talk about a whole month's worth of stuff in just this podcast. So we're going to touch on some things and we'll go from there. Right after the U.S. Open, it came out that uh, with the $3 million payday that Novak Djokovic got at the U.S. Open, he surpassed $10 million in prize money for the ninth year in his career. No other player has had more four, more than four $10 million seasons, and he's had 10. Uh, that's not just the price going up for these tournaments. That's winning and winning and winning and winning. And in Novak's case, he didn't necessarily play the most tournaments this year. So that's you know winning the big tournaments, winning the big prizes, winning the big money. And that could also go into his decision to not play every single tournament. And it might go into the decision to play some of the tournaments. So it's good to see 
Um, the money going up in tennis, of course, it's pretty much going to the same person. Uh, you'd like to see that, you know, scattered a little bit more. That means the parity in tennis is better. But with what Novak is doing, uh, you know, we're witnessing history. We got to enjoy it here for a little bit because who knows who's going to hit a $10 million mark here in the future. Um, let's go to the U.S. Open still. Coco Goff, uh, her U.S. Open victory drew record viewership for a women's major tennis final, and it actually drew more than the men's final. 3.4 million U.S. viewers for Coco Goff in the U.S. Um, women's final, U.S. Open, and 2.3 million for Novak Djokovic in the men's final. Now, I think when you look at the women's final this year, obviously Coco Goff, a massive name in this in sport and in women's tennis. Uh, she's kind of like the next Serena Williams, Naomi Osaka. She's mainstream enough where she can have you know fans that aren't tennis fans. And then you look at Arena Sabalenka, who you know kind of made it big on Barstool when Dave Portnoy went to one of her matches, and her and Portnoy kind of hit it off as friends, and they became social media friends, and you know a lot of back and forth banter that obviously helps their viewership. But on the men's side. You know, I think if Alcaraz would have been in that final because all eyes in the sport right now are on Alcaraz, that would have been up just a little bit more. But, you know, people are going to tune in to see Novak Djokovic. Now what we're going to get to is the Labor Cup. Now, usually I'd spend like a whole podcast talking about the Labor Cup. It's it's such a unique event. It's, you know, Team World versus Team Europe. And it's so fun to watch because of how they do it. Now, obviously... Um, you know, in the last couple of years, they've had Roger Federer finish at the Labor Cup, and that's brought, you know, record viewership and a lot of money and a lot of, you know, eyes to that event. But they didn't have near that this year. Um, Team World, you know, consists of like Ben Shelton, who's entertaining, Francis Tiafo, FAA, and guys like that on the team. But when you look at Team Europe, it was just so down this year. Novak Djokovic doesn't play on the team. Alexander Sverev doesn't play on the team. It really was not the tournament that, you know, it's it once was. It had guys like uh, Hubie Hercotch, who, don't get me wrong, a great player, but he's not Roger Federer, he's not Rafael Nadal. It was Andre Rublev, it was, um, you know, like I just mentioned, it was um, Hubie Hercotch, it was Guy Almonfis, it was Arthur Fields, it was guys like that. So, Casper Ruud was in it. Like, there's good players in this, but it wasn't Medvedev, it wasn't Zverev, it wasn't... Nadal, it wasn't Djokovic, it wasn't any of that. So obviously Team Europe way down and uh they literally got waxed by Team World. Team World beat them like 13 to 2 or something. It wasn't very entertaining to watch. I think, you know, bringing in Ben Shelton and guys like that, they tried to build the entertainment factor of this event, but to be frank, it like wasn't there. So um I didn't really watch it just because like one, I didn't have time. If I would have had time to watch it, I would have podcasted because that you know I'd have time to podcast as well. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't there. It wasn't it this year. Obviously, you got to keep the event going every year, keep people interested, and you know hopefully they get a better turnout next year. But with Novak going so deep in the U.S. Open, uh, with you know Carlos Alcaraz wasn't even there. With Alcaraz going deep, having a physical season, Medvedev and Sverev having really long physical seasons that gets them out of the Labor Cup. And without Djokovic in it, without Nadal in it or Federer in it, it really takes away the appeal, I think, for Team Europe. And some of those guys would rather just say, no, I want to prepare for Turin. All right, fast round of what's happened since I've been gone here. Uh, Alexander Sverev won uh, a tournament in Chengdu 
China in ATP 250. Good win by him. Karen Hachinov won one in Zhuhai, China in ATP 250. I believe that's how you say that. Um, the, the Labor Cup obviously happened. The Astana Open in Kazakhstan at 250. Adrian Manorino won that. And then let's, those are all 250s. And let's get to an ATP 500 right before we get to Shanghai, uh, which is an ATP 1000 event. Uh, this is an event won by Yannick Sinner. And this event had... Not everybody, but a lot of solid dudes in it. Elkaraz, Medvedev, Runa, Sitsipas, Rublev, Sinners, the sixth seed, Casper uh, Ruud, Alexander Sferov. That's the top eight seeds in this tournament. So it had dudes in this tournament, and this could have really went anybody's way. Um, it was kind of, you know, everybody finally got over to, to Asia to finally play in these tournaments, getting ready for the Shanghai Rolex Masters. But you can't look past what Yannick Sinner did in this tournament. Round one, he beats Dan Daniel Evans. Round two, he beats Yoshihito Nishioka. Round three, he beats Grigor Dimitrov. Round four, he beats Carlos Alcaraz in straight sets, which is the semifinals. And in the finals, he goes to beat Daniil Medvedev in straight sets. Yannick Sinner, I'm not going to say it's a tournament of his life, but to beat those guys in that order... To win an ATP 500, I know it's an ATP 500, but that's like the route of like making it to you know the second or third round of a Grand Slam and winning it. Obviously, it's the best two out of three, so maybe I should have used an ATP Masters 1000 tournament as an example there. But for what Yannick Sinner has done there, after the long season he's had, he can't seem to get over the hump of you know Carlos Alcaraz or some of these other players. He has a long physical season. He gets out at the U.S. Open devastated he had cramps who knows what he had his body kind of shut him down he had a late night match stuff like that right like Yannick Sinner just can't seem it seems to get over the hump everyone everyone roots for him it's not like any it doesn't seem like anybody hates Yannick Sinner he just can't get to these wins right it seems like he just can't get to it he does here he does that in Asia during this Asian swing which is remarkable for him in Beijing. He wins Montpellier. He wins the ATP Masters 1000 in Canada this year. And then he goes on to win Beijing. How many titles for Yannick Sinner is that? Nine titles for Yannick Sinner. He's got one Masters 1000. He's got a lot of hard court titles and one clay court title in UMAG. Incredible stuff by Yannick Sinner. If you want me to, which you can't talk to me here. You can talk to me on social media. You can't talk to me here, but I'm just going to straight up tell you this is one of the most impressive feats by a player that I've seen this year to go through this route to get to the final, right? You know you're going to run into Carlos Alcaraz. You know you're going to run into either Runa or D Dimitrov. And then you know if you make it to the final, you got to run into Medvedev, who just played great at the U.S. Open. And Alcaraz has been playing all year. And you haven't been able to get over the hump, but all these other guys have had a great year. And you come in here to this tournament in Beijing and win it. Remarkable. I mean, I don't know what else to say about Yannick Sinner other than I was so impressed with how he handled this entire situation, and I was so impressed with how he played in Beijing to beat all those guys. There's dudes in this tournament. Runa, Felix Ogier-Aliassime, Davidovich-Fakina, um, you know, Rublev, Nori, Humpert, Sinego, Dimanur, Andy Murray, Tommy Paul, uh, Daniil Medvedev. Like, there's guys in this tournament, and for Yannick Sinner to come out on top, it seems like he's been waiting to do this and do this and do this. He wins a 1,000 earlier this year in Canada, comes to Beijing after a devastating finish at the U.S. Open, and boom, 
wins an ATP 500 right before Shanghai. Impressive stuff from the youngster from Italy, and I cannot wait to see what he does in 2024. I say this every year about guys, but I'm really, really, really excited about what Yannick Sinner can do in the future. All right, I'll get off my soapbox. Let's get to some news. Uh, Holger Rune, his mom said this comes from Relevant Tennis on Twitter. At uh, On the 16th of September, he'd struggled. You remember he didn't win a match between Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, and it was kind of a whole thing. Uh, his mother, I guess, came out and stated that Holger's back has uh, not been in good shape. She said it hurts every time he goes up for a serve. Uh, he says he has to have an injection in his back. Uh, things not looking good for the youngster uh, from Denmark. Uh, hopefully he gets back to Holger Runa style because he plays really, really well, and he's fun to watch. On tour, um, it looks like Novak Djokovic has uh, now equaled Rafael Nadal for most career matches played among active ATP players, one thousand two hundred eighty-eight. So many matches. That's so many matches. Only those two can do it, though. That we're in that era, uh, which is, you know, we're gonna be keep saying stats like that until these guys retire, and then we're literally never gonna say anything like that again because it's a gift to see the big three, and I don't think we'll see anything like it in our lifetime again. Um, another crazy stat, this comes from a Djokovic fan, so, you know, take it for what it's worth, but, uh, since October of 2013, 62 different players have won a set against Novak Djokovic on hard court. Nadal did not make that list. That's because Nadal has not won a set against Djokovic on hard court in more than 10 years. Crazy. That's a crazy stat. I'd like to see the clay stat, though. There's no way he's done that. Um, another Djokovic fan thing they just kept popping up on my twitter so i just found these and it's novak djokovic so we're chatting about it uh novak djokovic is the only player in tennis to have won all of the biggest events in three different decades uh he's won a slam a tour finals and a master's title in 2000s 2010s and 2020 in the 2020s are we sure yeah i guess that's probably true Nadal probably hasn't won a Masters or the Tour. I I don't I don't think he's won the Tour Finals, actually, uh, since 2020. So that is probably true. In more news, this kind of gets us a look into Shanghai a little bit. But uh, Andre Rublev's won a match or so there. But uh, with those wins there, Rublev for the fifth consecutive year has won at least 20 matches on hard court in the same season. What a stat, huh? 20 matches on hard court. You think about it, there's seven matches in a Grand Slam. Only seven. And there's only, so there's only 14 matches on hard courts in Grand Slam. That's if you win a, both Grand Slams, you win 14 matches. You'd still have to win another six. So he either plays an unlimited amount of hard court tournaments or he's really successful in a lot of them. And I'm going to take the latter of that. He's really successful in a lot of them. That's Andre Rublev for you. What an incredible stat. Uh, and last thing here. Uh, this is something that's kind of been going on over the last, I would say, few weeks, and I haven't looked too much into this, so I don't know a lot of information about this. But from what I understand, this is what happened is Medvedev made a comment about like the courts here in Shanghai are are really fast or they're slowing down or you know they used to be really fast and now they're slowing down, and he didn't know what happened or what the deal was. Um, yeah, and Taylor Fritz came out and said, no, it's the balls. The balls have changed. The balls are different. And another player, Gasteo Elias, says, I demand the ATP Tour to pay for all the physiotherapy I will need after playing with these balls. They are making us play with. 
I've been on tour for many years and I've never seen anything like it. This is inhumane. I believe the balls are getting slower. Tennis Sandgren says, I agree. Never seen anything like it. Paula Bedosa says, agree. The issue is not only ATP, unfortunately. With the WTA, we are having some of the similar problems um, for years as well. We need to make a change. I believe it's playing slower because I'm seeing people comment that, you know, they're, it seems to be catering to Carlos Alcaraz, which would be slower, clay court, more physical game. I don't know. I got to do more research into this. Um, but yeah, it seems like how the balls are, whatever goes into making these tennis balls, they're playing slower on these surfaces, slowing down the surfaces, which doesn't seem like a massive deal to just a fair weather fan, but it is a big deal to players. Um, it's the difference between a fast court and a not so fast court. And that can make literally the world of difference in these matches, especially as you get deeper into a tournament. That's it. That's all I'm going to talk about today. Shanghai is going on this week. Uh, I'll, I'll recap that next week. It's a good tournament. A lot of good players in it. It's a 1,000. It's everything. Um, and it's one of the last big, big tournaments, I guess, before the before the year-end final. I believe with that win that Yannick Sinner had in Beijing, that qualifies him for the year-end tournament. So there, I, think, I believe there's four in there right now, and Yannick Sinner is one of them, and I will get to that here in one of these next episodes. Uh, sorry, the Rolex Paris Masters is at the very end of October. That's the last Masters 1000 tournament. And then the Nito ATB Finals in Turin, Italy is November 12th through the 19th. And that's kind of the end of everything other than the Davis Cup. So we're getting there. We're about a month away from, month and a half away, I should say, from the end of the season. It's been a great season so far, though. A lot of good tournaments left, a lot of good stuff to talk about. And we'll talk about it next week. Thanks for bearing with me. I appreciate you uh, listening to this whole episode and kind of sticking with me through the last month. It's been a crazy time in my life, but things are starting to calm down here a little bit, and I can't wait to talk tennis every single week with you guys once again. Appreciate you listening. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.